Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. <clears throat> Today we're in Titus 3. It's the last chapter of the book. It's a short book, but I find it have found it to be very, very interesting and beneficial. So before we go to the reading, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for the way you watch over us and keep us safe, for the way that you guide us and don't don't give up on us, especially me. I've earned lots of give-ups, but you just keep your faithful to stand there and keep pushing me forward. So, Lord, I just pray as we read, I pray that we would hear your voice, that you'd be the one that we would truly strive to hear, that whatever's said, it's from you, it's not from me, and that you'd be the one who's honored and glorified. And Holy Spirit, I pray for your wisdom and understanding to be what we hear. <clears throat> May we truly understand what you want us to understand for our lives today. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is 15 verses, and yet I find it to be incredibly powerful because it's always, this book has been a reminder to me of A, how I should be living, what I should be focusing on, and B, you know, that I'm not, that the way that I am, I don't know, it just has spoken to me a lot. It's reminded me not to be so critical. If you've been following along for a while now, you know that one of my great skill sets is hypercriticism. And so I find flaws everywhere. And not just in myself, which would be, I guess, okay, but in other people. And so in today's reading, really, this is one more reminder of the proper behavior. And it builds on chapter two. But what's really important is the reminder that we're saved through grace not by anything we've done. I'm saved through grace, not because I'm good, but because God is good. So with that, let's go to chapter 3, verse 1. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle towards everyone. At one time we, too, were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these sayings, so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. Those things, These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once, and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. 
As soon as I send Artemis or Tychus to you, do your best to come to come. Do your best to come to me at Nicopolis. Blah. Easy for me to say. Because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenus the lawyer and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. So there's a couple things. There's more than a couple. There's a lot of things here. And, you know, I just, as I go through this, I think about the quarreling person or the, the divisive person. I know I hang out with people that I shouldn't. <clears throat> you know, I talk to them. But it's been getting put on my heart more and more that really to hang out or to be with or to seek out and and talk with for hours. People who are divisive, it's really I've started to understand the lack of benefit because they can never be happy. They can never be content. And all I'm doing is adding to my own discontent or irritation or I'm taking on their attitude, which is not a good thing. And what I've realized, though, is that those people were me so long, not so long ago. And so when I read these things, avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels. You know, I was just dealing with someone yesterday on that very topic, not genealogies and whatnot, but just foolish quarrels. And for me, it's just like, I'm done with that stuff. I was talking to them. I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I had to just eventually walk away. Didn't leave them rudely or anything, but it was just, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And, but the greater issue that this chapter has brought to my heart is have I changed my view of others? Have I simply swapped out the, a worldly view for a Christian view, but one that's still just as critical and harsh that I'm applying to it? Not that the, that a Christian perspective or a God perspective is harsh or critical. It's just that I'm adding my own special sin to it. You know, in the day I used to pick on people and just be like, they're, they're so stupid, they're so this or that. Now I'll be like, I can't believe how sinful they are, that that act, that thought, that's so bad. But is it really any different than what the way I was? Am I behaving differently? And that's the part that really Charles Spurgeon has, has focused on. Reading one of his sermons from, I think it's 1888, uh, <clears throat> He writes, when we look upon the world today, it pains us by its folly, disobedience, and delusion. And remember, this is 1888. He that knows most of this modern Babylon, whether he observes the richer or the poorer classes of society, will find the deepest cause for grief. But we cannot condemn with bitterness. I can. I do it all the time, unfortunately. We cannot condemn with bitterness, but we must look upon our sinful fellow creatures with great compassion. For such were some of us. You see, I think I, I'm 
gradually starting to truly understand love the Lord thy God with all your heart and soul and being and love your neighbor as yourself. You have to love people. But you can't love people unless you love God because God is the only way to truly love people because I know how despicable I am. So without his grace and mercy and power, I can't do it or I fail to. So it's as I've grown, am growing closer to God, can I do it? But I was one of these people. Spurgeon goes on, yes, more. We feel encouraged to hope for ungodly men, even for the foolish and disobedient. For we ourselves also were not long ago like they. We feel that we must give the thought of our heart and the energy of our lives to the great work of saving men out of gratitude to the Lord our God, who in his kindness and love has saved us. And that's where I question mine, right? I know God saved me. I know I didn't earn it. But am I really striving to save others because of that? He goes on, I am a man, said one, and everything that has to do with men concerns me. But the child of God adds to this. I am also a sinful man and owe my cleansing to the loving favor of the Lord. I was in the same mire of sin as these are. And if I am not washed in the laver of regeneration and renewed by the Holy Spirit, I owe it to all sovereign grace and, and am abound by love to man and love to God to seek the cleansing and renewal of my fellow men. Eyes that have wept over our own sin will always be most ready to weep over the sins of others. If you have judged yourselves with candor, you will not judge others with severity. Words of wisdom from 1888. So with that, let's just go back to God in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the book of Titus. It's been very plain spoken and hit me to the heart numerous times. And then thank you for your leaders that are here on earth that while they may not be here anymore, their works go on, their wisdoms and insights do. So thank you for Spurgeon, that he would help encourage me to look at my heart, my motivations. Am I really striving for my fellow man's spiritual salvation or am I simply judging people from a different lens and being as critical instead of being heartbroken for them that they don't know you and therefore they behave a certain way which can't be unexpected am I really just being a critical person so father I pray for your your guidance in loving you with my whole heart and loving my neighbor as myself. I praise you and I thank you and I pray for this day to be one in which we do your will, that I do your will. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.